0: In 1948, the people in the British colony of Newfoundland faced a choice. They could become an independent dominion within the British Empire, or they could vote to join
1: Canada in confederation. The anti-Confederates are not going to get away with it.
0: But St. John's was an anti-Confederate headquarters. Watch in particular the attractive bait which will be held out to lure our country into the Canadian mousetrap. Listen to the Stories Behind the History podcast for our special series, How Did Newfoundland Join Canada? Available now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is a CBC Podcast. Does anyone have a question? Yes. Every episode just seems so, like, incredibly researched and put together. How long does it take you to put together each one of these episodes? About a month or two. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, our original episodes, we had a lot of the research because we had been doing research as playwrights. So we we kind of knew the stories that we wanted to tell and we kind of had some of it. But yeah, it takes, I would say, a good month from the beginning tears in the beginning and then the tears in the end and just yeah yeah and we now have a
0: a, like we have more resources working with CBC so that sort of helped us we have some people to lean
1: on which has been really great part of my ignorance but uh, it's one of the first times that I've encountered uh, your group and um, it's been amazing. Um, but I'm curious as to how you all came together and also how you go about uh, choosing your like uh, topic like of material. So our podcast usually is just us. So get ready to be disappointed when you hear the rest of them because <laughs> these awesome guys usually aren't with us. We're not um, as good as ac- at accents as no, they are. No, they're better. Uh, so it's usually, it's just me and Phelan, really. Um, and we met about 10 years ago we were working at a theater company native earth performing arts which is one of the oldest uh indigenous theater and performing arts companies yeah and uh it just we just hit it off
0: yeah and sometimes people email us with topic suggestions but generally it's things that we're just we're interested in and we want to dive into so there's no shortage of interesting facts about canadian history that you know, I don't know, I'm assuming everybody else went through a, a similar education system if you went to school in Canada, and you, there are giant gaps. And so we just basically look at those gaps and say, but what actually happened here? And try and fill those in.
1: Hi, I'm over here in the... Towards the back, doesn't matter, you can hear me. But yeah, 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 you guys did a lot of research, obviously, for this. You probably had trouble deciding what to include and what not to include in the show. Is there anything fun you could tell us that you didn't include that didn't make it, that you wish you did about this episode?
0: What? Oh, God, I'm gonna mess it up. But like, I I didn't know why, like, I I had an idea of why Toronto was called the Six. It's not 416, (laughs) Six Neighborhoods. I'm going to mess this up, York, Scarborough, uh, Toronto, Etobicoke, North York, East York? Yeah, so, and then also, this is my favorite one, and we sort of touch on it a bit in the script, which was um, just how no fun, like Toronto is actually like the original no fun city, sorry Vancouver. Um, Because it was so dead. I mean, if you were around in the 80s, you probably witnessed this. It was really dead here in the 80s. And actually, the Eaton Center used to close the curtains on the windows so that people couldn't window shop on a Sunday.
1: Yes, lame. Lame. The uh, one thing that I found, I found this book called from 18, I think it was 1897. It's called Of Toronto the Good. And it's actually like a deconstruction of Toronto at at the time. And it is salacious. But there's one part where they get into like, you know, it's really expensive to live downtown. The streetcar always gets stuck in the snow. There's this division right now in Toronto between rich and poor. And basically, if you're middle class, you can't live in Toronto. And I was like, what? And that's 1897. So So nothing's changed. Zero has changed. Zero's changed. Yeah.
0: So, pretty much every episode that I've listened to, which is all of them, um, my, I'm just com- my mind is completely blown by one of the, or many of the facts of the episode that I didn't know before as somebody who's actually really interested in history. So, can you guys mention a fact that totally um, blew you away when you learned it in doing research for the show? Or do, did you just not know it all before?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. We know oh, everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Uh, all of it uh, uh, yeah I, like all of it honestly uh, there isn't much that we research that doesn't blow my mind um, certainly I mean I know it was our first episode and a lot of people listened to it but, the, but learning about Banff um, was like a, a shift a personal shift for me um, because I went there so much as a you know all through my life and never considered really anything about it Um, so yeah I would say Banff and being back to Banff now I've been back a couple times this year I just like go around like touching everything I'm like I I know you now I know you thank you like it's just a different experience yeah I think probably in the North episode there was a lot of like
0: what what the dog slaughter uh, was was something I didn't know which was really disturbing which is the Canadian government government killed killed a bunch of uh, sled dogs uh, so that the Inuit wouldn't be as mobile and so they could track them and that they gave them and I knew about the e-numbers like the e-tags that they put on people um but I didn't really connect the fact that it was happening during World War II (laughs) I was like oh that's gross Canada yeah I was curious, you're talking about the the gaps from the traditional education system, so where you're doing your research, can you talk about maybe some of your major sources and perhaps some of your most surprising sources for where you you find your material?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say it's a surprising source, but the source that I always try, and I think we, we both try to connect with the most, is community. Like connect with the community. The community is going to know the, whoever we're, we're uh, talking about or dis- discussing. So it's like reading the history first and then going like, who is this about? And then actually, so I, I find a lot on like community Facebook pages. Like I'll find like you know, the uh, Chinese Canadians in Winnipeg or you know, the so and so in this town and Yeah, I I actually find a lot on those Facebook groups, um, weirdly enough. Yeah, uh,
0: cultural centers, especially if I'm doing something indigenous about uh, people that's not my people. So like for, an upcoming episode I was speaking to some some people at a community center in the north uh for the north episode I spoke I went to a two-day cultural competency training which was really uh handy and useful um but I find yeah speaking to those people because usually what happens is they get really excited so if you like call a small museum in a community and you're like I'm doing an episode about this this is who I am and they say oh, you got to talk to this person and I'm going to send you a PDF of this and then you get all of these sort of, these sources that come from their libraries which are far more specific than things that I can maybe find in the library here.
1: Yeah, so we're going to take one more question if there's one more or not. We can just end it all now. <laughs> wow, that sounds sounded dark. So dark. I <laughs> didn't mean it sounds so dark. I would just like to ask about um, the podcast. Did you have a sense of when you were like starting this that just the two of you talking together in a room with Katie present was going to be such a such a huge hit. And also, like, were you expecting this sort of response? And why did you think a podcast was the right forum for this?
0: So no, <laughs> Katie prepared us that in like Canadian podcasts, you would get maybe a hundred. Maybe like a thousand listens, and so we were prepared for that. We were just doing it as something that we both really wanted to do, and we were interested in doing, uh, and we just wanted to try it. It was a totally new form to us, completely. We both love podcasts, but we had never done one before, um, and so we just went for it. Uh, we had no idea, though. But I think you know, people are hungry for. I mean, I thought it was going to be
1: like a. I thought it was gonna be like a piece of theater, you know, a couple hundred people, if that, come see it or listen. And then we did, we do like three of them and be like, yeah, that was a cool thing we worked on. Yeah, Remember five yeah. years ago yeah, when we did a so podcast? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. So no, we did not expect the response that we got at all. And I mean, we were just talking backstage, like, what are we doing? We're doing a live show, this, this podcast <laughs> that we were talking about last year. So yeah, it's been it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I think that's. That's, yeah, it. that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. For more CBC podcasts, go to CBC.ca/podcasts.